love is one of those words that's kind of been uh, hijacked by our society, and uh, we, we're kind of now enslaved to a false idea, a false understanding of love. And uh, love is a very important thing for us to understand. And if we try to take the world's definition of love and put it into the story of God, we're going to find ourselves really messed up pretty quickly. But if we take and understand it this way, that, that love is as much decision and choice as it is anything else, then it, it gives us a really good understanding. And when you put that in the context of what we've been talking about, that God loved the world in this way by sending His Son into the world to die for us. God loved us in this way that He sent His Son into this world to become you know, one of us, to walk with us. Then, then all of a sudden it, it paints a really big understanding that, that God, God had decided, God chose because of His love for us to do it. One of the songs that we didn't sing this Christmas is called uh, Thou Didst Leave Thy Throne. One of the reasons we haven't sung it is because it has some words that are kind of hard to sing. But uh, it says here in the very first verse, Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. But in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. And it's one of the, I think, one of the great and also undersung Christmas hymns that uh, we don't really give a lot of attention to because it's also one of those that really paints the picture of what God gave up, what God and Jesus Christ gave up to come. He left his throne, his heavenly throne, and he left his kingly crown to come and be clothed in humanity, like we talked about last night, and be born for us and ultimately born to die. So with that understanding of love, think about that picture of love as we read once again, we've read it before, this Christmas story found in Luke chapter 2, verse 1 wanted to sit down, you know, we would always read this before. This is, I think, the greatest story ever told. My dad would read it. One of us would read it every Christmas before we would have any kind of Christmas festivities. We, we weren't like our family. Our family gets up. We do things right away. But we'd, we'd get up, and we'd kind of have our day, and then we'd go, and, and, you know, mom and whoever was helping with the meal would put the meal together, and we'd sit down. We'd have our lunch. And then after lunch, once everyone kind of got around to it, which is great when you're a kid, um, as everyone got around to it, then we'd get into the idea of opening presents. But even then, before we would open presents, we'd have to read the Christmas story. And oftentimes, as a kid, when you're waiting for something, it's hard to see the meaning in the thing that's making you wait even longer. but there's great significance in this story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Remember, listen for the ways God is loving us by sending his son into this world. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, 
a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, by the way, he said he didn't sing. He said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Then Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. When you're looking for love, I think it helps you see some things that, as we talked about throughout the course of this series and even last night in the Advent readings, that that this was not just something that happened, that this was not just a feeling that, that just kind of took place, that God just all of a sudden was overwhelmed with emotion and he felt like he had to do this thing of sending his son. And the way that we can see that, the way that we see that this was a decision, this is a choice that God had made to show us his love is here in the very story that we read. It's here in Joseph who was from the line of David. And even though he would not be the, the, the blood father, he was an adopted father for Jesus. He was of the line of David, and that was to fulfill the promise that God made to David through the prophet Samuel. His mother was in the line of David, and so that was fulfilled. We see God's love because it was, it was sent hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus ever came. The plan was in place. God had made the decision. He had chosen to send the Messiah. We see it in the town of Bethlehem that God chose to have the son born in Bethlehem, just like David had been born of Bethlehem. The son of David would also be born there, and, and Bethlehem was the birthplace of the Messiah. We see it in Mary and Joseph who weren't in Bethlehem and they had to travel to Bethlehem to be born in Bethlehem. God even arranged the circumstances so that when it came time for Jesus to be born, he would be born where he was supposed to be born because God had chosen, God had decided so many years before that this would take place. We see God's love and his choice and his decision by, by who he revealed the story to. He chose to reveal the story to the shepherds. And so God willfully and by choice decided to reveal the story, the birth of the king to the shepherds, to the common, ordinary working man like you and I, not to the elite, not to the royal, but to us. 
average normal people, no offense. We see the plan of God and the sending of the angel of the Lord to calm the fears of the shepherds so that they would truly understand, and in the great company of heavenly hosts that came and announced to those shepherds how great what had happened really is. We see that God, God really loved us, not just the feeling of love, but in true, true love. When we think about our lives and how our lives ought to change and, and what, ought to, what ought to be affected in our lives as a result of the Christmas story, I think it's very important that we, that we get the proper understanding of how we have been loved so that we can understand how we ought to love, how we ought to love God the way God has loved us. How has God loved us? Well, he chose to love us. He decided in advance to love us. He didn't wait for a feeling to love us, but he's decided in his heart that he will love us forever and always. And so we also ought to decide in our hearts today on this day that because God has loved us, we too will love him in this way. The story of Christmas, this un, um, un, unbelievable, unexpected story of love also ought to really truly affect how we love one another. And when we understand that love is not a feeling, love is not something that I just decide or that, that I feel like doing in a moment, but it's something that I decide in advance, then, then it changes the way that we love one another. And as we saw in that video, we don't just love one another. It's easy, as the Bible says, to love your friends. We can do that. Anyone can do that. But Jesus says we have to love our enemies. How would it change our lives? How would it truly affect us if, if we let this, this understanding of how we have been loved change the way that we loved one another, how we loved those around us? I've heard it so many times, I know I've shared it with you before, but I keep hearing it more and more often, and it's, and it's a problem, is, is that I hear people who say, you know, I, I, I do God, but I, I do it on my, my own terms. You know, I, I believe in God, but I believe in God in my own way. You know, I, I kind of do church in my own way, and I, I follow God in my own way. It doesn't look like what you're used to seeing, you know, but, but I kind of do it in my own way, and See, part of the problem with that is that, that we don't understand the price that has been paid and we don't understand what true love is. And if we really understood the gift that was given to us on this Christmas and how much was laid down by laying down his crown and laying down his throne, then we would say, you know what, I, I don't have any terms to come with. I am going to lay down my terms and pick up your terms. What are your terms for following me? When, when we understand that Jesus, the, the king of all creation, laid down his crown and was born as a baby, and not only was he born as a baby, he walked on this earth in humility, and as we read a few weeks ago, he emptied himself. He, he poured himself out as a drink offering on our behalf. He completely emptied himself for our benefit. If we understood the way that we've been loved, it would change the way that we loved one another's. We, we, we don't really have any terms that we can come to God on. We have to lay all of that down, and, and just like Jesus did, we lay it down, and then we can experience true love, because love doesn't really bring terms into it. Love is sacrificial. Love is giving. It's, it's okay, what, how can I serve? How can I 
give of myself to you. And we see Jesus Christ, he gave himself fully to us. Do we understand love, the true meaning of love? Do we understand Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas? Not even just the the way that we've understood Christmas and church all of these years, but do we really understand that Christmas is about love? And what will our response be? The shepherds got started off on the right track. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph who was, and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they, when they had seen him, <clears throat> they spread the word concerning what had been, <clears throat> what had been told them about this child. The amazing thing about true love is the response is always a given. The response is always a given. When we go, when we share this story, this message of true love, when we, when we love one another the way that we've been loved and we love one another sacrificially, the response is always a given. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Oftentimes we feel like we have to have a polished explanation of the gospel. We have to know all the ins and outs before we can share Christ with someone. We feel like we have to kind of have this thing that we're going to recite. And at Christmas time, the pressure is there. That we, we want to we make Jesus known in our families, in our extended families, and those who, who don't yet know Christ. And yet what we really need to do is just be the love that we've received in Christ And the response to sacrificial love will be that people are amazed, and oftentimes they'll point that amazement at you, and then our responsibility is simply to say, it's not because of me that I'm loving you this way, but it's because of what Christ has done for me that I can love you this way. The greatest testimony, the greatest gospel presentation we can give is to love somebody as we've seen Jesus love us in this way. That is the meaning, the true meaning of Christmas. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that on this night or close to it so many years ago that you sent your son into the darkness of this world and that in the silence of a night, the a night when no one was expecting anything miraculous to happen, you sent love to this earth. Father, as we turn our schedules and our attention toward all the Christmas festivities that are coming at us this evening and tomorrow and in the week ahead, I pray that you would just remind us at every interaction we have that that Christmas is the story of God's love. Yes, it's about hope and peace and joy and light, but it's about God loving us so much that he would send his son, that he would send his son away from his heavenly throne, that he would send his son in a place where he could not wear his kingly crown, and that he would send his son to earth, that you would send him to come and die for us. Father, remind us of that selfless, sacrificial love every experience we have this Christmas and help us to find and look for and see opportunities where we can sacrificially, by choice, 
premeditated decision. Love those around us this Christmas in Jesus' name. Amen.